You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors just coughed up a game to the Orlando Magic in Orlando. And I got to say, that game felt weird, man. It's one of those games where they come back. They've done that a few times this season and won. And this time they came back and built a lead of 13 and then coughed it up and lost. That was really weird. I guess they are still not winning three games in a row. They have a chance coming up because they're playing the Hornets, then the Knicks, and then the Pacers. Yeah, beating Orlando probably was their best chance of getting three in a row. Not that they can't beat those teams. It's just that the Pacers are probably a little bit better. And if they're playing at home and... They could win. They definitely could win, but it's not as sure of a thing as this game could have been. The Magic were playing with a couple of their better players that weren't available when they were playing in San Francisco a couple weeks ago. Evan Fournier, he really, really hurt the Warriors tonight. That dude was hitting shots all over the all over the court. There was like a 15-2 stretch that the Magic went on. You know, the Warriors had built up a lead in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, the second unit, they built up the lead even more, but then they kind of coughed it up. There was a timeout. Draymond, Steph, the starters, they came back into the game for the most part. And you're like, okay, great. They held on. And now Steph is just going to close it out because Steph has been closing out games when given the opportunity. And that's what everybody wants. Steph in the game, give them a fighting chance. And usually it turns out pretty well. Usually he performs, but he didn't. He hit a couple shots. He missed some shots. And just in general, there were just a bunch of turnovers, unforced errors, all that stuff. And the Magic took advantage of it. This is one of those games that they just let slip away. So as much as the Miami game previously was the best or at least one of their better wins of the season, this was maybe not their worst loss, but it was like, ugh, it was kind of 
painful because you know it was just right there. Usually when they're given an opportunity to close out a team, they do it. There's a certain rhythm to the Warriors' wins, right? Stay close, give Steph a fighting chance at the end of the fourth, and he'll pull it out. That's usually how it happens, but this time it did not. Bright spots, Kelly Oubre had a great game. Andrew Wiggins had a great game. Both those guys in the third quarter were getting to the rack and really forcing the action, which was awesome to see. I mean, those two dudes, they were just like attacking, 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 and they definitely needed that. And to be honest, Kelly Oubre is having a hell of a month of February, and they should really sell high on him. I don't know right now who is on the market that the Warriors could get, but Kelly Oubre is kind of a streaky player. He started off really, really cold this season, and now he's scorching. So if there's somebody out there that you want, see if you can get that person for Oubre. Package him. He's playing really well. He could help a playoff team. The thing is, you just don't want to see him in the playoffs after you trade him. That being said, it's like, oh, he's playing great. And in a world where there is no salary cap or luxury taxes or repeater tax, hey, a small ball lineup of Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Oubre, and Draymond would be so much fun to watch. That would be kind of awesome. But let's be real here. Kelly Oubre is already costing... Joe Lacob and the rest of the owners a ton of money this season, like $80, $90 million because of all the extra taxes. So is he really going to be worth keeping next season? It just doesn't make sense. Ubre is a free agent. And since he's playing really well, I mean, that's a very high value asset now, as opposed to like a month ago when it was kind of a maybe an undervalued or damaged asset, I guess, whatever you want to call it. As much as he's been helping and the team has been coalescing and has better chemistry, I mean, sell high, right? This will be an ongoing thing. I'm sure more people will start talking about it. There was that early trade talk when the Pelicans floated out the Ubre Lonzo Ball thing, and I was like for it. <laughs> but apparently Lonzo Ball is playing pretty well too. I don't know, again, who else is going to be available. The trade deadline is more than a month away still, March 25th. And who knows how it's going to look, what the league is going to look like, what the standings are going to look like. So maybe you trade him. I think so. If you're not going to go deep into the playoffs, then as an unrestricted free agent, he's just going to walk or you're going to have to pay him. But right now he's an asset that is playing really well. So now he has the greatest value. So move him, see what you can get. He's an athletic wing who can rebound. He's been rebounding really well. He's starting to pass pretty well when he's playing with Steph. And his three ball has been going in. And his defense is solid. Somebody out there is going to want that. Also, James Wiseman and Kevon Looney are not going to be playing against the Charlotte Hornets, which is kind of a bummer because I think everybody wanted to see James Wiseman play against LaMelo Ball. But they play Charlotte again pretty soon. So hopefully Wiseman, I mean, he should be back by then. I think they're looking at maybe a couple more games until those guys come back, but they'll definitely be needed, and I can't wait to see those guys back on the court. I'm tired of small ball right now, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah, this game was just kind of a head-scratcher. You had confidence that they were going to just close it out because that's the way it usually goes, but not every night is your night. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. 
Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. And be sure to share this podcast with your warrior fan friends. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. <laughs>